the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour two, what a, just a wonderful, upbeat, pre-Thanksgiving hour of interaction with great callers. Thank you so very much for that. Stefan Tubbs is out. Expect him on Monday. Uh, Jimmy's coming in this Friday, I believe, to hold down the fort. Tomorrow, of course, will be holiday programming throughout the day on 710K in U.S. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturdays. I come on at 5 p.m., and this coming Saturday will, uh, one of the, I don't do a lot of guests these days, but um, filmmaker Joel Gilbert is just, he's become such a good friend, and uh, I've watched so many of his movies and documentaries, and he has been predicting for, oh gosh, it's got to be going on two years, and now he's written a book and done a documentary on it, that Michelle Obama will be the 2024 Democrat presidential nominee. And so uh, he reached out to me this week and said, it's all falling into place. And so, of course, it piqued my curiosity. Didn't want to get too political tonight, but pre-Thanksgiving. So we'll have him on Saturday on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. And yes, that's 5 p.m., but that's because the idea is to jolt you out of your corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled mainstream media mantras and uh, get you thinking about uh, what's really going on here in the United States of America. So we were talking about things that we're thankful for and the phone number 303-696-1971, but we kicked off the last hour, the first hour, with the very first Thanksgiving Day proclamation, or not even a proclamation. This was just a couple of minute speech from President Ronald Reagan to uh, at halftime on the NFL game that day, which was the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions. And Detroit stomped the Chiefs 27-10. to 10. So this next clip I'm going to play, again, it's short, and then we'll get back to business here. 303-696-1971, the uh, halftime show of the 1985 Thanksgiving Day football game. And uh, Ronald Reagan takes the cue from Pat Summerall. Do you remember him back in the glory days of, of football when it was a, a a real sport without all the politics and all of the wokeness and all of the sometimes ridiculous rules and play calls that just take so much away from what the game used to be in my mind? But um, just think about Ronald Reagan for a second. In fact, why don't we just listen to him and then I'll I'll share a couple of thoughts. Thank you, Pat, and good morning, everyone. You know, the Statue of Liberty and this wonderful holiday called Thanksgiving go together naturally because although as Americans we have many things for which to be thankful, none is more important than our liberty. Liberty, that quality of government, that brightness of mind and spirit for which the Pilgrim Fathers braved the seas and Americans through two centuries have laid down their lives. Today, while religion is suppressed in perhaps one-third of the world, we Americans are free to worship the Almighty as we choose. While entire nations must endure the yoke of tyranny, 
we are free to speak our minds, to enjoy an unfettered and vigorous press, and to make government abide by the limits we deem just. While millions live behind walls, we remain free to travel throughout the land, to share this precious day with those we love most deeply, the members of our families. My fellow Americans, let us keep this Thanksgiving Day sacred. Let us thank God for the bounty and goodness of our nation. And as a measure of our gratitude, let us rededicate ourselves to the preservation of this, the land of the free, and the home of the brave. From the Reagan family to your family, happy Thanksgiving and God bless you all. The great communicator. Just unbelievable. Wow, how we have fallen. I think about the couple of minutes I heard of a Biden speech on Thanksgiving where he told it was just a ram, you know, typical rambling, incoherent thing because he falls off the teleprompter, can't keep up or can't quite get the words out. And then he tells a boy to go steal the, a pumpkin. Ha ha ha. That's funny, Joe. Ha ha ha. Happy Thanksgiving. Think about Reagan. Freshly reelected in 1985, serving the the uh, well, let's see, 80. I guess he would have been into his second year of the second term, but he was reaping the rewards. And, you know, trouble brewing. Iran-Contra was around the corner, but uh, the economy was booming. His reelection was the greatest electoral college victory in the history of the country. Forty-nine states Ronald Reagan earned in that second, in that reelection campaign. And that was after what was definitely, you know, was a tough year, a tough term because he inherited the Carter economy and the steps he took to turn it around, though very, very effective, were very painful for a while. And of course, the left came out and that's when we got coined the phrase trickle down economics and how they misrepresent all of that. But he never changed the message, did he? It was always uh, underspoken, soft spoken and Glory to God and grateful for a tremendous history and pride in America and faith in the citizens. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's wonderful to be reminded to me because even as a kid, now I wasn't just a kid kid by that point. I was uh, 26 years old. But I remember those speeches. I'd watch those games in the background, and I'd, I'd watch the halftime shows. And so I'd hear comments like that and even then as a apolitical still pretty darn self-centered young man um i was moved i was moved and man have we gotten away from those dates oh lord you know i saw a poll the this morning i think it was an emerson poll and let me pull it up here real quick because the the numbers are pretty pretty interesting and it was uh, who would win the Republican presidential nomination? Who would you be most likely to vote for in the Republican primary or caucus for 2024? And uh, Donald Trump slaughtered the competition at 55.1%. Ron DeSantis came in second at just under 25%. Mike Pence, under 8%. Liz Cheney, under 4%. But ahead of... Ted Cruz at 3.4 and Nikki Haley way down there at the very, very bottom with 2.5%. And I just think about 
how far our discourse and our politics have fallen. Because there's no room anymore for a speech like the one Ronald Reagan or the ones that we have shared with you from Ronald Reagan from Thanksgiving 81 and Thanksgiving 85. There's just no room for it. And of course, and this happens from the left, but also from the the weak sticks on the Republican side of the aisle, they, they tell us that, you know, we've got to tamp it down. We've got to back away. Don't push the social issues. Work on compromise. Work on, you know, what can we get done? But the reason that it's gotten so ugly is because of the way the left behaves. There were not burned down the city protests after Joe Biden was inaugurated. There haven't been nonstop burnings in cities around the country, mostly Democrat run because Republican mayors, Republican governors won't put up with it. After the, and I'll say this loud and proud, stolen election of 2020. Because that is not how people on our side of the aisle roll. In fact, one of the reasons we lose elections is because we're still focused on policy and greatness and and being proud of America and her flag and that our rights flow from God and are protected by our Constitution. And the left is out there just touching heartstrings, just triggering adrenaline rushes and just working people up and organizing for violence when they don't get their way. And so you'll tell me January 6th, and I'm so tired of, of not defending January 6th, but trying to contextualize it or at least present some of the facts about January 6th. Have you ever looked at the video of the million people that were in Washington, D.C. that day supporting the president who told them to peacefully march to the Capitol to support the Congress, which was about under Mike Pence to undergo the legal effort and challenge of certain electoral college votes, challenges that were brought forward by state legislatures who saw so many problems in their own elections as a result of COVID mandates and COVID changes in the law and extended deadlines and the wrong authority making new rules and all of those things. That for the first time in our history, even though the Democrats had tried it over and over and over and over, I've played the video, the audio of Democrats challenging electoral college results, most prominently the George W. Bush and Al Gore race. But this time there was both a member of the House and a member of the Senate that was going that had signed a request which was going to simply cause legally constitutional, a a process that was thought about and created and made especially for situations like this that had never been successfully utilized by Democrats who challenged Republican victories time after time, it was about to move forward. And so the seven or 800 people who went into the Capitol, for those who were provocateurs, for those who reacted to the provocation for those who went there with ill intent, caused damage, hurt property, hurt people. While I think virtually all of them are being deprived of due process, 
sitting in jail in solitary confinement for 20 months, 22 months, trials that take forever, every single trial in D.C. a conviction against Trump supporters, regardless of the uh, you know, extent of what their actual culpability was or their actual behavior. If they violated the law, then they deserve to have consequences. They should have been fair. They shouldn't be held as political uh, prisoners. But that one isolated incident, one that I believe was provoked, who is Ray Epps? Uh, I, I know that there are people who've never seen the videos of the Capitol, the big vault-sized Capitol doors being opened from the inside to let people in. Not with a frenzy of people on the inside who found a way to the controls because they were still on the outside. And other videos of police officers opening the door and standing out of the way. Or when they stood down before Ashley Babbitt was murdered in cold blood. Why did they just vacate the hallway? People were loud and noisy, but there were, there were police there and they weren't advancing. And all of a sudden they just vacated. All of those things need answers. And one of the things I'm thankful for is a Republican House majority that is going to get to the bottom of January 6th. I pray that they continue the January 6th committee, but actually turn it into an investigatory arm rather than a political arm designed to attack and defeat and destroy one man. But whatever you believe about the one-time event at the Capitol, it doesn't compare to the day-to-day violence, destruction, and meltdown of our cities that happens when the left are unhappy about something, when they think a police officer overreacted, when a, uh, a fentanyl-laced career violent criminal who resists arrest won't calm down, dies in police custody, their response is to burn cities to the ground, to kill police, to kill innocent bystanders, to riot. It is those actors that have elevated the discourse to the level that it is right now. And I, for one, want leaders and spokespeople who are willing to push back at whatever level it takes and not just play the go-along-to-get-along routine that has caused Republican failures and Republican capitulation for so very long. All right, back to things that we're thankful for. Let's see, what does this text say? Our rights protected by the Constitution. 75% of what the federal government does is unconstitutional. No, I hear you. I mean, we have let so many hoppers, so many so many problems out of the box by creating the fourth estate, the administrative state, by giving, by delegating the authority of Congress to unelected bureaucrats who then multiply and devour and devour individual citizens, devour the budget, devour our rights. It's, it is certainly happening, but, and Bruce in Denver, as much as I agree with your text, it's still holding up. It's still holding strong. The Second Amendment still exists. The First Amendment, in spite of over-aggressive, lawfare-oriented defamation lawyers and and, uh, irresponsible journalists 
or the terror of the leftists who are in control of Twitter that are that now see that equal speech means losing speech for their perspectives and they can't stand it. They can't tolerate it. Apple talking about removing the Twitter app from their store if they don't start censoring, if they don't start moderating their content better. I told somebody who sent me that information that I think Elon Musk will probably just buy his own app store. But our God-given rights are still protected by the Constitution. It is still standing. We still have elections. Contrary to the popular belief of the left and the the middle-of-the-road weak sticks on the Republican side, Donald Trump contributed to, participated in the peaceful transfer of power once the election was certified, just like every president before him, the people are still in control. But we need strong leaders on the side of the Constitution, on the side of law and order to push back on what we have allowed our culture and our society and the reaction to things that the leftists don't like to become. Those things are crimes. They should be prosecuted. They would stop. Do you remember when statutes statutes were being uh, statutes? It's a lawyer in me. Statues were being toppled regularly, weekly, several times a month. Any icon from our past that the left found disfavor with, even even Teddy Roosevelt, toppled. When Donald Trump came into office and made that a 10-year crime, I didn't see statutes, statues being toppled anymore. It's still all within our grasp, and it's trending the right direction. And over the next few months, as, and especially as we uncover the data and figure out who voted and, and how, how we can equalize the tremendous ballot harvesting machine that the Democrat Party has put together in just the right places, and especially here at the gold standard election central Colorado, we will begin to win more and more and more. Constitution is still standing, Bruce, and I know it's frustrating, but man, without it, where would we be given the leftist government that we've had for the last two years when they had all the controls, when they were able to tie break in the Senate, president would sign anything the Democrat legislature brought to him. The Department of Justice would follow any directive of this president to investigate his political opponents and on and on and on. And yet, after a midterm election, the breaks are coming. The answers are coming. The investigations are coming. Constitution and our country is still alive and well, and I am so grateful for that. All right, I rambled. It's 522. Randy Corcoran in for Stefan Tubbs, 710 KNUS. Lori Kelman's in the newsroom with a teaser for what's coming in the news, and we'll see if there are any updates about the the power outage at, oh, my Lord, DIA. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Leroy Deffenbaugh having some fun behind the glass on this night before Thanksgiving. So glad to be here with you and uh, give Stefan some extra rest so he can come back ready to roll on Monday next week. I hope everybody is having a good time. Have good things planned. What are you thankful for? You guys are getting a little sarcastic 
on the text-to-studio line. <laughs> Alexa writes in, Thankful Fauci can't screw us over after December. We'll be very thankful when he's in jail and pays for his evilness. I heard today Fauci could not recall most of what he did during the pandemic during his seven hours of testimony. Yeah, how convenient that is. Because you can say whatever you want, well, unless you become the subject of a lawfare defamation suit. But if you're a government official or a scientist trying to shove poison into people's veins, you can say whatever you want at a podium. But mm, in Congress, that becomes a little different. You raise your right hand and you swear to tell the truth. And so I guess just to um, acknowledge our dear friend Alexa, let's remember. Thank you very much, Karine, for that really very, very kind introduction. It's really a great pleasure to be back here with you again, albeit, I believe, for the last time. Woohoo! Yeah, we really should have come up with a laugh, a, an applause track for that one, Leroy. Another great text message. I love what Brian said. Brian was the last caller at the end of the f 4 o'clock hour. And uh, he talked about he and his wife uh, being together since, I think, was it 17? Well, whatever it was. Um, a man of modest means, you know, never acquired the big mansion or the way he called it. And he had, wasn't it, seven grandkids, I think, Leroy? And... And he said, and they just, they love me, they respect me. It doesn't matter, you know, the size of the house. And man, oh man, do I know that that's true. My very first house was a thousand square feet, a little house that I bought in Commerce City. And it was a poor neighborhood. And I was just so proud of having my first place of my own. I built a big garage in the back where I could fix cars and, and, uh, uh, raised a couple of kids that weren't mine for, Gosh, I don't know, a couple of years. And, man, we never cared about the room. Had a little yard, had a couple of dogs, had uh, had fun and love. And, um, yeah, none of that really mattered. So that, that was a tremendous call. In fact, let's read this whole thing. I love what Brian said. You can have all the dollars in the world and have nothing. Bless his family. I hope you're still listening, Brian, so you could um, just get that little bit of joy from a Terrific listener on the 710 KNUS text line. Phone lines are wide open now, 303-696-1971. We're talking about things that we're thankful for, if you'd like to weigh in. And uh, I guess I'll give another one. I started with God. I know as much turmoil as we see and feel and frustration as we have that God's plan is in control. I told the story of my grand champion status on a Deadpool pinball machine, which is a tremendous relaxant for me. But then the next thing, you know, two healthy kids and uh, and three, actually three and a half grandkids now. We've got one in the basket, one in the oven. Hoping for a girl this time, three boys, but we'll all be together. My wife is home cooking pies, and uh, I just know that we'll have a love-filled day tomorrow. And, and how can you, how can you ask for anything more than that? There are a couple of things that I am just required to do, and I do not have obsessive compulsive disorder or ADD. But one is to share this reminder with you or anytime I'm on the radio with my audience at least once. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, this one. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And if I recall correctly, the first one is recent, like August of this year, and the second one is October of 2020. 
I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. No, you know what? I've got those wrong. Those are not. Those are all this year. 822, August 22nd, October 20th. One more time. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Yeah. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives is going to take care of some of that. I have no, no doubt. So I, I couldn't help but bring up Joe Biden. And one of the things that I am very thankful for, since I mentioned Biden a few minutes ago, is that he claims he's going to run for president again. Joe Biden, 80 now can barely fumble his way on or off of a stage or through a couple of minutes of remarks. Occasionally he gets, I don't know what they give him, I'd like to have some of it, because occasionally he gets through five, ten minutes on a teleprompter and, and sort of sounds like himself. But what I love and what I'm thankful for is you just, it's so easy to look back and remember who these people are. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and life as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? To be able to get the university. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. The problem here is that Senator Biden told his audience he'd just been thinking about these things and he failed to give any credit at all to his famous British speechwriter. Yeah, it was just an accident. How is it that Joe Biden plagiarized his way through law school, plagiarized his way through campaign speeches, lied about his record and his history, and has still become a 40-plus-year Washington swamp creature that from his basement, by default and through a very suspect process in 2020, actually becomes the president of the United States. He's not going to run again. I can't believe. I, I still am. I'm not confident he'll make it. He'll make it all the way through to the end of this term. Not that he'll necessarily die, but he'll just lose the ability to even show the appearance of performance of any kind. But I am also grateful that somebody who is capable of saying this. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> that is why we put them in dormitories and they have a resident assistant. They make really bad decisions. Yeah, somebody who says that has also just recently said this. Well, as the president said, he intends to run, and um, if he does, I will be running with him, and I have no doubt about the strength of the work that we have done over these past two years. Yeah, she'll be running again with Joe if he decides to run again. 
I think the Democrat Party may have something to say about that. On Saturday on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, which airs at 5 p.m., and it's about waking up. It's not about the time slot. Wake up your mind. We'll be joined by Joel Gilbert, who will talk about his book and movie and why for, I think, going on two years. I remember a lunch we had here in Denver, in the Denver area, at least a year and a half ago. Outside, so it was in the summer. But uh, he says Michelle Obama is going to be the Democrat ticket to 2024. And he'll join us this Saturday night on the show. And uh, if you are into wait weekend talk radio, don't forget the great Backbone Radio with Dr. Matt Dunn. Historic and uh, provocative and extremely thoughtful. The good doc, one of the most educated men I have ever met and very, very impressive. His show airs from 4 to 7 on Sundays. Let's, uh, well... While Leroy's fighting with the phones on and off and on and off, let's um, let's hear just a little more about Biden's lies. Now, that's a little too much, because as you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, the rap on Biden has always been that it's just a surface. I should have said, to paraphrase Neil Kinnock, it's the only time I didn't. Eh? All the times I've ever used it. Eh? But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge, that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play. Or the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. And he sounded like such a whiner back then, didn't he? Eh, I should have. I only didn't do it once. Even though I'm a liar and I plagiarized in law school and I'm a cheater. It was just disgusting. And that was uh, Sam Donaldson at the beginning of that particular clip. That voice is one you'll remember. But talk about a political hacker. Oh, my goodness. Got more Biden lies for you, but let's go ahead and squeeze in a call. As we continue on this night before Thanksgiving, Ron in Littleton, what are you thankful for? Uh, yeah, Ronnie, I'm from Lakewood. You know, so, uh, oh, well, you know what? The phones show up uh, location, so it's not always uh, right. Yeah, but... I know. Well, anyway, I'm thankful for being married to my wife for 69 years. Thankful for, I'm sorry, Ron, you're th- cut out there for a second for me anyway. What You're thankful for what? being married to my wife uh, for 69 years. O-M-G-M-I-N-Y. <laughs> that is incredible, Ron. So yeah, was, she the, was she the first and only? She was the first and only. That's correct. Met, she, met in high school, junior high, elementary. How, how long have you known her? She, we didn't go to the same high school, but... I used to drive her and her friend to, to school when she was in high school. And uh, she called me for a Sadie Hawkins dance. Uh-huh. Back in 1952. <sighs> and we, we've been together ever since. That is... That's, what's her name? Her name is Shirley. Ron and Shirley, 69 years. And we... Uh, I was 19 when we got married, and she was uh, 17... And I was in a serving time in the Navy, so it was just a real, a real up, up, up 
glorious time. People told us it would never, never uh, last. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what we believed about my daughter when she married her high school sweetheart. But so far, so good. But um, Uh, what? It it takes commitment, you know. Yeah. They have to be the best of friends. That was going to be my question: is is what's the secret? Is do you guys do you guys know when to not talk? When it's time to just eh, let things cool down, walk away, remember my priorities, just turn it off right now. Yeah, well, we we would do that, and we would never we would never go to bed angry with each other. Yeah, that is a tough one. I I learned that lesson over the course of my marriage, but I did not take that wisdom into my marriage and uh and it was a mistake there's no question about it yeah it uh, it, it, it takes a little doing but uh, yeah i was in the navy station uh served my two and a half years over on the uh east coast from norfolk virginia and came home on leave i had to ask the captain for permission to to get married and all the old sure but uh yeah, we had a big old Polish wedding down in Mobile. <laughs> How fun. So let's see. My my grandparents were married 63 years, I think, before the first one died. They had a, a framed letter of congratulations from Ronald Reagan, President Ronald Reagan, for their 50th oh, anniversary. Yeah, wonderful. And I forget the I forget the uh, jewels that reflect the. I think fifty is the gold anniversary. Twenty five is the silver. What's the seventy fifth anniversary? Do you know? Seventy uh, fifth. I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be platinum or diamond or you know something out of this world. Yeah, but it's uh, that is. It's, it's, oh, we we did all kinds of things together, squared ass, and we're the best of friends and. We got ourselves as soulmates, and we had 13 grandchildren, 13 great-grandchildren. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Will you see any of them tomorrow? Yeah. So, I won't only buy just even greeting cards. It likes <laughs> the bank. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Are you able to get together with anybody tomorrow? Yeah, my youngest son is going to come here with two of his sons. Great. So, we're going to have a little time. We have one son in Texas, and another one in California. So anyway, we will be together with him. Yeah, he, uh, he's going to do most of the cooking, which will help out considerably. So you said 13 grandkids and 13 great-grandkids. How many kids did it take to make that that uh, prolific section of your well, family? Uh, yeah, we had four sons. Wow. Yeah. Busy boys. <laughs> All boys. Uh, one is deceased. He, uh, he died from my uh, lipoma of the heart. Oh. Uh, but uh, life has its great points. It has its tough points, and you learn to deal with it. Well, you have made this a great point for us tonight. Thank you for your service, and please give our love and Thanksgiving wishes to Shirley and uh, and your just incredible family and story, Ron. You you made my night. Thank you. I'll give her a kiss from you. Sounds good. I'd like that. <laughs> God bless you, sir. Hey, God bless you, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too. Man, oh, man. Can we do Thanksgiving shows more often? That What a great story. Well, listen, I know we're really late. Lori Kelman is standing by with the news, and we will check and see if there are any updates on the um, on the power outage out at DIA if Lori doesn't have that built into her stories coming up. So at 543, stay here, 303-696-1971. What are you thankful for? That's the, the topic of the night, and uh, we'll be right back on 710 KNUS. 
Very nice find there, Leroy. Mary Chapin Carpenter with her Thanksgiving song. Night before Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? What are you thinking about? Man, we've got one texter who is just locked and cocked for, I don't know if it's negativity. He's just seeing the world in a hard, hard way tonight. Um, Texter, you know who you are, so I'm just going to ask you, since you're busy texting tonight, what are you thankful for? 303-696-1971 as well. I am thankful for callers. I am thankful for the opportunity to spend time with the listeners of 710 KNUS at events, on different radio shows. And, uh, you know, I get calls at my law firm or as Republican National Committee man all the time from people that say, hey, I listen on Saturday. I mentioned yesterday I'd been in federal court for the second time in, in a year. Uh, someone at the courthouse, uh, employees, came up and said, asked me if I was me, and I said, I think so. Made sure they weren't a process server and said that they were grateful, thankful for the for the work, for the alternative uh, view, for the ability to look at other facts, to get around the mainstream mantras of the day. And God for Elon Musk for taking the rent, the helm at Twitter and opening it back up to competing views. It's more vibrant and exciting than it's been in years, literally years. And I'm also thankful for some Republicans, some elected officials. I've had an opportunity to spend time with Utah Senator Mike Lee, read his great book. Don't remember the title of it right now, but it was it was tremendous about the con of course it was about the constitution it's mike lee but um he stands up he stands up and i don't always agree with him i got to watch him in a senate hearing in washington dc one time front row it was really cool to watch them working on folks and and uh eliciting testimony and and just watch his sharp mind work but he stood up on the floor of the senate and stood up against the 12 Republicans who joined with Democrats on the Senate floor to pass the so-called Defense of Marriage Act, which is basically a screw you and your religious beliefs act. And here's what he had to say. This bill sets in motion, keeps in motion, and accelerates existing threats to religious freedom and to the revocation of tax-exempt status for broad categories of nonprofits based on religious beliefs. But they shouldn't be able to punish religious belief. That's all I want, a protection saying the federal government may not punish any individual or entity based on a religious or moral conviction-based belief about marriage. That is not too much to ask. Americans of good faith can continue to live by their own religion in daily life by uh, living as they do and doing so without posing any threat to those who disagree with them. I'm confident of that. But this bill, Mr. President, does not strike that balance. It purports to do so, and it fails. It labels people of good faith as bigots and subjects them to endless harassing litigation and discrimination and threats by that same government that was founded to protect their religious liberty. Mr. President, let's do this the right way, not the wrong way. We need to protect 
religious freedom. Amen. And there may be constitutional issues with this Defense of Marriage Act, the way Republicans and Democrats have crafted it. We shall see if it, I believe, if any changes are made in the Senate, it's got to go back to the House. They may try and do that before the Democrats lose the House. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, But if it gets to the point where we have a Republican House, I imagine it will be and stay dead on arrival where it belongs. But I am thankful for courageous Republicans like Mike Lee, who will stand up and remind us of our priorities, our principles, and hold everybody else accountable without fear. So very important. And I'm grateful for patriots, fellow patriots, including men like our next caller, Johnny, who threw his hat into the ring in a in a guaranteed dead loss election in, in the heart of Denver, And yet Johnny saw an opening and saw a need and a reason, and he put himself out there. And I've been honored to meet him now at a couple of events that I was involved in. And Johnny joins us now. Johnny, welcome back to 710 KNUS. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing Uh, well. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Hey, same to you. And uh, I would say, I mean, this is kind of silly what I'm thankful for. But um, because of Elon Musk, I had a interaction with Mr. Sulu of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I mean, um, what, I want to know what these people have on these people. Mr. Sulu or George Takei, he said something nice about Donald Trump, and they jumped on him. And then when he went on, on um, Howard Stern, so he sounded like he was in fear that I said the wrong thing and I better turn it back around. And he's still in that track. And I'm thinking like, Man, what do they have on you? I mean, you came out of the closet. They they don't have that on you. What do they have on you that to have your voice sound like that? And then so last night he was on Twitter talking about um, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and and those people uh, hating homosexuals. I said, hey, come on, you got to stop calling the kettle black because you know you Democrats are the ones who did this and did that. And, and it was just fun. I haven't heard this. I haven't got his response. Maybe he blocked me. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, typically, and, and it's so sad because I am a star, an original Star Trek geek. I've watched every episode and haven't in decades. Yep. But as a kid, I've watched them probably 10 times each. Uh, I could tell you what's going to happen in every single one. And I loved Sulu. I loved just all of those characters. And I can't watch an original Star Trek now. And see him and and not think about what a woke, moronic idiot he is. I mean, he is vitriolic and vicious and and not very thoughtful. And it's just so disappointing. But how cool that he can be on Twitter with his vitriol. And now we can be back on Twitter and look for, read, and, and understand the opposite, you know, opposing views. Johnny, I've got the music in the background. Thank you for calling in. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. God bless. I hope to see you either before the holidays or in the new year. You take care. God bless. Final hour, Stephen Tubbs Show. What are you thankful for? 303-696-1971. Stay with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.